Hello, everyone. I am Samora, your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. And this week's It Takes a Village, Jason talks about teaching Junior to ride a bike, while Samori appreciates his supportive wife. We'll also tell you about BGABs, our Black Business of the Week. Then we'll dive into the main topic of standing versus kneeling during sports anthems. Remember that you can see our videos on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family, Twitter and Instagram at SJH Man Cave, and email us at info at SJHMancave.com. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. So, Jason, you teach a junior how to ride a bike? Yes, and it's uh, proving to be quite difficult. (laughs) Uh, We got Junior out here. I got him on his bike. We just actually just got him a new one uh, for Christmas. So I had to make sure it had to be the right height and everything else. And then I went out here and took, you know, took the training wheels off. And I took a different approach, and I think my approach was wrong. Unfortunately, my son doesn't focus. So, you know, when it's like, hey, son, (laughs) what I need you to do is watch where you're going. (laughs) Kind of basic principle. Just keep your Mm -hmm. eyes forward. Don't run into anything. Try and keep Mm -hmm. the steering wheel straight. I'll keep you held up until you get that balance part fixed out. So, you know, every time a bird or a plane or a car or a person or the random squirrel or something goes riding by, well, ooh. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, Junior, uh, I can't do this unless you keep the bike straight and watch where you're going. So the first couple of days were a little taxing. And uh, right now I'm, I'm changing my approach. We're, we're, we're working on straight lines right now. Uh, at first, I had him over in the park, kind of like I had Jada. But uh, I had to revise my thing and say, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to stick to the, the sidewalks, and we're just going to go straight. If I can get you to go straight, turning all the other stuff will come naturally. I can only hope. Does Junior remind you of yourself when you were a kid, or do you feel like y'all were completely different? I don't remember being completely unfocused like he is, but I I did have a little bit of an imagination. Mm -hmm. So he's a little bit different, but uh, he's got the look. Right. That much I can say. Absolutely. (laughs) Only problem is, is like with this is, I'm getting way too much of a workout that I wasn't really expecting. I my chest hurts the majority of the time when I'm doing this. So good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not the father that my son deserves and whatnot. <laughs> but you, he go. He's gonna mold you into it, brother. You are gonna lose some pounds doing all this. Man, don't you as soon worry. as he as soon as he get his balance on that bike, I'm going in the house. Okay? <laughs> That's what you think. Don't care. I don't care where he go. Because I'm gonna send him out there with his sister. Hey, just make sure he stay on the sidewalk. Don't go in no streets. You know what you need, and and that's uh, I swear this will be the second time we came up with an invention on this show. We got a patent this. You just need one of those things you can press the button and just stop the bike whenever he's going off on the rails or going somewhere he's supposed to. <laughs> just hit the button and the bike comes to a screeching halt. Now he might go flying off of it depending on how fast he's going, but you teach him a lesson, a safer lesson. You, you know, Hudson, we uh. We, we just recently did a show where you discussed the pleasure you took in beating your child with a ball <laughs> in her forehead. And 
I have to tell you that I'm very reluctant to take advice from you. I feel Especially like... when we're talking about creating a button where wow. my kid might go flying off his bike somewhere. Ain't oh, no wow. telling where. It may be not completely stopped. Maybe it can be a slowdown button. You know, I mean, it's something we can work on. Either way, in the discussion in this, sir, it sounds like you're turning my son into a test dummy. <laughs> I kind of have to agree with so Jason. I, I can't say that that button's going to slow down when I push it the first time. It might just full blown eject or blow up. We don't know. But either way, my son's on the bike. No, no, no. You're using <laughs> such bad words, test dummy, and things like that. You know, there's, you know, participant. Mm. These are the words I like to use, okay? You <laughs> 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 don't want to use those terms hey. you're using, okay? <laughs> Willing participant. Exactly. <laughs> All too happy to be a part of this experiment. So, so many definitions on willing. <laughs> Hudson, uh, what about you? What's going on with your babies? Oh well, shoot, my my youngest, right? She uh <laughs> was uh, walking along, uh, just traveling the, the floor. You know, she patrols the living room. She patrols it all the time. So when she goes, she picks up little random things. You know that that she finds on the living room. She comes walking towards me and I hold out my arms because that's right now when I hold out my arms, she'll come right to me. I come to find out my baby was on some uh, Mr. Miyagi Danielson type thing. She uh, had a nice little fly in her in between her two fingers there. <laughs> she came right at me, <laughs> just holding this fly, <laughs> smiling as I don't know what. <laughs> and this was not a still fly. Like this fly was not still. This fly was still was still moving. It was trying to get away. Like she had this oh, fly. Oh wow. So I'm I must say, I was highly impressed. I was highly impressed that she could hold on to this fly and yet be gentle enough not to squish this thing. You know, it's like, how do you do that? The you fly know? wasn't injured at all? I, I mean, it possibly was a little injured, but not enough where it couldn't still, like it was still trying to actively, like really try to get away here. Literally, I watched this child, like from sunup to sundown. Like I do not hardly ever take my eyes off of her because she goes and grabs things like that. So she'll, if you take her eye, your eyes off mm-hmm. for a second, she goes darting away. And she'll grab something she ain't supposed to have and go, and go running around with it. Like she loves shoes. So is your house childproof? Oh, uh, <laughs> she, she runs around. What? What? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't want to live in the past. I really don't. But uh, the, the question that Samori posed, you did just ask him. Whether or not the house is childproof. Is that what you just said? I did. <laughs> that... I did. Okay. You, you asking the guy that was hitting his kid in the forehead with a ball. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought the baby there was well, some possibility he was doing these merciless acts in a safe environment. Well, yeah. technically, the ball, I guess, was childproof <laughs> since it was, what was the word you used? Squishy? Squishy. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Very small. Squishy, Mishy? Yeah, squishy. <laughs> Anyway, she likes to grab shoes. So I'm used to like watching her. It had to have been like in a split second she grabbed this fly because I did not see her get it. 
and she came over to me. You know how how cats will go and grab mice and be so proud of it and bring it to you as a present and say, "Hey, I caught this mouse." You know that that that's that's kind of how she looked very proud of herself. She was very pleased with herself that she grabbed this fly. And like I said, I gotta say I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I I couldn't I could never have not only grabbed a fly but then been gentle enough to hold on to it and not squish it. I just don't see how she did it. You know, if I can only harness that power, I mean, she might be the next Bruce Lee. I don't know. You know, I, I better watch out because I'm hitting her with little squishy balls. So she might, you know, she, she might get mad at me. Start hitting you with bricks. <laughs> right. You know, so I better watch out. But <laughs> So I mentioned last week that I'm going to have to make some changes regarding my health and do more to live a healthy lifestyle and get my weight under control. One of the lifestyles that I've always really enjoyed that my wife and I figured we'd try is keto. We enjoy quite a bit. I think the main reason I like keto is because I love cheese. And in a keto lifestyle, it allows you to still have cheese. So we can do things like create our own keto-friendly pizzas and things of that nature. The, the main things that I miss whenever I'm trying to change my eating to be more healthy is uh, pizza um, and uh, soda, Mountain Dew. Those are the two main things. And I'm actually shocked. I have not had a soda for three weeks now, and I do not miss Mountain Dew yet. So I'm actually really happy about that. I have not you been crazy. Been no, no, no. And trust me, trust me. Those those the, the, the scratches were definitely happening in previous <laughs> times when I tried to do this. In fact, one time I went two, maybe three months without a soda. I was completely over the hump. I was over soda. And my wife and I, we decided we were going to have a cheat meal. And I sat down. I'm like, I'm having my cheat meal. I'm going to have a freaking soda. And I tasted that soda and it tasted like syrup going down my throat. It tasted completely horrible. But I didn't care. I was like, no, I'm going to force myself to like soda again so that I can go back to enjoying Mountain Dew. Why I decided to do that, I don't know. I could have, I was over the hump. I could have just, you refused you know, to allow on. your taste buds to destroy your memory of soda. You know, you How know. How dare you? How dare you, taste bud? Do you know the relationship we share? How dare you? I could have easily said, wow, this is finally disgusting to me. Time to let all this crap be in my past, move on and just drink water and, you know, uh, you know, some juice every so often. But no, you know, I, I didn't want to let it go. So I forced myself to like soda again. <laughs> and then I lost all the discipline that I had back on soda, back to all my bad habits. So this time trying to um, stick with it, you know, going through this process for the last few weeks, it. And, you know, I, of course, I appreciated her before, but there are always opportunities to appreciate her more. I really appreciate my wife um, because she oh. was very willing and able to adapt right along with me. She's been uh, looking. We've been looking together at keto recipes and uh, making keto meals together. And we've also been looking at, you know, what are some of the additional things that I need in the house 
so that I can start leading a more active lifestyle in general, but also things that'll just make me more comfortable for my health. So right now I'm sitting in a, a brand new chair. You know, I've been sitting for years in chairs that were not meant for a guy my size at all. And now I'm sitting in a chair that is meant that that can carry 500 pounds. And it's by far the most comfortable chair I've ever sat in, in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got a, I've got a, a box that I'm going to go through on Friday with a, a desk and a desk converter. So that way I'll be able to stand while I'm working from home. And even though I have a job where technically I'm sitting all day, I'll have the option where I can just stand and, you know, walk in place and just do things in general to be more active throughout the day. So that even if when I don't have time to actually fully work out, that doesn't mean that I'm just sitting around and being non-active. And she's been completely supportive and 100% behind all of this. In a lot of ways, my wife and I, we make each other better. But our eating and health-wise is one of the few areas where historically we've been terrible for each other. Um, because neither one of us is ter- is all that disciplined about it. And we're undisciplined in different ways. Samantha loves sugar, cookies, ice cream, things of that nature. I love grease. You know, so, you know, fried chicken and hamburgers and things of that nature. Uh, and uh, since neither uh, one of us are disciplined, we'll just eat what the other one wants. So we'll be eating Popeyes because of me. And then afterwards, we'll be eating ice cream because of her. You know, so I feel and, and there have been other times where we tried to be healthy, but it was clear like we, we were clashing. You know, she she wouldn't want to have to abide by rules. I wouldn't want to have to abide by rules. This is the first time where I feel like, for whatever reason, stars have aligned and we're equally hardcore about this need. We need to change. This needs to be a permanent change in our lifestyle. There has not been nearly as many conversations about, well, maybe we should cheat this day. Maybe we could have some fast food. Maybe we could do something different. The vast majority of our conversations revolve around Yes, we're hungry. Oh, we're, we're craving a particular thing. What's a keto way where we can try to have that thing, not just, you know, getting garbage. And so I'm just really appreciative of that. It's it's so nice having a partner that is fully behind you 100 percent and supporting what you need to do. That's black love right there, ladies and gentlemen. True. Sound sound like to me. <laughs> she don't she she up there like you ain't going to leave me with these kids. Right, you know that's what it sound like to me. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to check out early. You know? <laughs> no, that ain't happening, bro. <laughs> you want to do keto? Let's do keto. You ain't leaving me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever it takes. I mean, yeah. When I went to the doctor, she was heavily pushing it. She was like, "You need to go to the doctor. Did you make your appointment?" <laughs> yes, yes, dear. I'm going. I'm going. That's a big reason for this change as well. I'm not keeping up with Simone at, at all. Simone wants to be outside and run back and forth and play and do all sorts of crazy stuff. And I am not up to snuff at all. And she can tell. She'll pull on my finger and say, yo, we should be getting up. We should be running around. We should be doing some things. And daddy gave us that look like, nah, we good. Let's just let's just sit sit over here. Come back on my left. We'll sit, sit and chill for a while. Take another nap. Come, <laughs> like, Come on. 
Let's take right. a look at the sky for a little while. Come here, look at the <laughs> so stars, daughter. You got to stop living this fast lifestyle. Exactly. You got to enjoy these quiet moments. <laughs> <laughs> these, these slower Grace. moments. Slow down, youngin. <laughs> <laughs> got a whole life exactly. ahead of you. So I got to be able to keep up with her. <laughs> All right. Next up. Uh, I want to turn our attention to the Black-owned business of the week. This week, we want to put the spotlight on BGABs. A lot of us live the -the on-the-go lifestyle. We have to take breakfast on the go, lunch on the go, snack on the go, and by the time dinner comes, you're so tired, you just pick up whatever is easiest. And unfortunately, those quick and convenient places are not the most healthy. If this describes how your daily food choices go, that perhaps BGABs is the place for you. Located at 1450 East 57th Street in Hyde Park, BGABs is a vegan eatery that offers an assortment of snacks, juices, meals, and meal plans. If it's a juice cleanse to help you feel more energized or a healthier alternative to your usual lunch plans, BGABs is not a place you want to pass up. I encourage you to take a look at their menu at www.bgabsgoodies.com. While on their website, please subscribe and get put on their mailing list for offers and updates. And if you're old school like me, just give them a call at 773-256-1000. You can also show them some love on all the major social media platforms by typing in BGABs. I highly recommend that you try them out. Yeah, I'll tell you, um, I lost the most weight that outside of, you know, what I'm trying to do right now, the most weight that I've lost is when I was doing their juices on a regular basis. Nice. From from B-Gabs? Yeah, I used to uh, buy their V, like order five of their vegan juices at a time, and then I would drink them every morning uh, for breakfast throughout the week. And then at the end of the week, I would restock. Well, that's what happens when you flush your soul full of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, we gonna get you up there, bro. Get you get some of that vegan vegan eater in your system. Not, Trust not me. unless they got hamburger juice. I need that <laughs> hamburger juice. Hey, you can make you can make tofu taste like anything. Not unless you ain't calling it tofu no more. Mm-mm. That's problem. <laughs> They, they, they steady trying to turn tofu into the stuff that I like. I like tofu chicken and tofu beef. No, stop naming it my stuff. Just name it yours. It's tofu. That's what it is. My wife says that because she's always like, why, why are you trying to make tofu into pizza or something like that? It's tofu. Just let it be tofu. Pizza's pizza. Tofu is tofu. Let it stand on its own. Let it stand on its own. It's tofu. Go eat it. <laughs> I'm open-minded to things. I don't know if I could do hardcore vegans, but what I can tell about vegans, boy, hey, whoo, that's a that's a lifestyle change right there, Jack. That's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, you talk about going back trying to force yourself into drinking sodas again. Shoot, mm-hmm. you probably end up flogging yourself. Well, you know, I want to. <laughs> yeah, I want to make clear. Look. I want to make it clear to our listeners, you know, you don't have to be vegan to enjoy a place like that. You know, I, I, I haven't went there yet, but I'm telling you, those juices do look good. You don't have to be vegan to have like a meatless Mondays or something. Go down there, enjoy a good meal, because a, a lot of times people, 
don't want to eat meat every meal, but they don't know how to make a nutritious meal without having meat sometimes. And that's like the troubles I run into. Mm -hmm. So BGABs would be a perfect place for somebody like me. That's exactly the reason why I got into it. Basically, I knew that I was not eating healthy on a regular basis and that all of my meals were too dependent upon meat to my detriment. And I didn't know how to switch it up, you know, and Samantha, you know, Samantha will cook, but she doesn't really like to cook. So I couldn't really depend upon her to every week, you know, have these meals cook where I could eat them during the week. And so having BGAVs available where I could get those juices, that took care of breakfast for me, where I could ensure that at least for breakfast, I had a healthy meal that was going to give me energy throughout the day. And it really did a lot to assist me in, you know, my weight loss goals and trying to keep on track. Next up, what's new in your world? Jason, you want to talk about being an old, old man in a young man's world? Wow. (laughs) Wow. 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 Okay, wow. Wow. That's what's up. Okay. Hey, man, we all saw you leaning on that cane on the way to your camera. (laughs) Wow. Leaning on the cane. Okay. All right. You know what? This messed up is I probably ain't too far away from one. (laughs) You just talked about not being able to keep up with your kids. (laughs) Right. You can't bike with your son, apparently. It's too much. (laughs) It's all right. I know what my age is, and I know what it's all about. For those who are listening, I will be turning 41 this year, August 22nd, a couple weeks from now, actually. So is it something I'm looking forward to? I don't know. I've been having thoughts about my age lately. Like It's it's something that I never really thought about before until recently, since I started kind of feeling like my body turning on me. 1998 is when I lost my father. One of the more kind of devastating things that happened in my life kind of, you know, set me on a track of not good things. I'll just put it at that. He died when he was 56 years old. And I think about it now, it's like, wow, I'm I'm 15 years from around that time now. And what, what, what am I accomplishing? What am I doing at this point? I look at my kids, I look at my family and I'm happy. There's a lot more that I wish I could be doing. There are a lot more things that I wish I kind of would be able to leave behind. Like most of the day, right now, I feel like I'm working more than I should have. I should be. I wasn't smart enough and wanted to get all the hard work out of my way when I, when I was young. So now I'm kind of stuck as an old man working real hard for pennies, and it kind of sucks. So, you know, I just kind of keep thinking about like where my future is going to be and where things are going to end up and just making sure that they're okay just in case something happens to me and, you know, all the regular dad things and stuff. And just figuring out, you know, how do I keep myself going? How do I keep myself together? And sometimes I catch myself and I get I get a little depressed sometimes because, you know, when, when the aches and pains start hitting and you got to get up and go to work, you know, it's it's taxing. It it's it's It goes right along with all the other issues and all the other problems that cause up without being responsible in the beginning and trying to be responsible now as an adult. It's one of those difficult things, but I just try to wake up every day and try and remain positive. I have this image in my mind of becoming a healthier person and living past, you know, the age of my father. 
being there to meet my grandkids one day, see my daughter graduate from college, get all that hard work out of her way in the beginning of her life, see my son, you know, accomplish what he wants to accomplish or at least get his education and see him grow. Uh, it was one of the things that I kind of always regretted when it came to my father when he passed, where it was like uh, I, he never got to meet his grandkids coming from me. That was one of the things I always kind of regretted because I get to kind of talk to I talk to my kids about my father sometimes and what he meant to me. And uh, I try to share memories and try to remember things that, you know, that he tried to teach me at least. So with this age and with this 41 coming, it's it's kind of bittersweet for me at this point. Just trying to prove a little bit better that I can be something better. Hopefully giving my kids an example. I try to treat my wife in the way that she deserves, even though I fall short sometimes. But I appreciate the fact that she's patient and she's allowed me to grow. And she, she's been there for me when I've had my shortcomings and my failures. And she's been there for my achievements and my successes. And I'm hoping that I will continue to do more success. And hopefully by the time I turn 42, I'll have good stuff to talk about when it comes to future. And hopefully it wasn't that I'd be able to run around the block without having to drop on the ground and what I'd pass out too. So I, um, I love movies. So as long as I can remember, I've always, my father's always loved taking us to movies and, uh, seeing different things. It's, it's something he's very passionate about. And I've always really liked Morgan Freeman. He's always been one of my favorite actors. And because Morgan Freeman has been huge you know, my entire lifetime of watching movies, I just always made an assumption that, you know, he was discovered when he was really young and that he was just always top dog since he was a young man. And one day an uh, article came out about his life story. One of the things he talked about is Morgan Freeman did not get his first like real breakout role. And even then he was a supporting character until he was 50 years old. He spent 30 years sweeping floors, getting coffee, uh, doing grunt work, starving, basically a nobody <laughs> in L.A. Like, And it, it, he could have very easily just drifted off to nothing. And even the role he got, it was like he was playing a pimp on in this movie. I think it was called Street Smart with Tom Cruise. Uh, I remember I forgot. That. Right, right. That was his breakout role. That was like the first time he was really given an opportunity like you, to shine. Like you ever and, actually saw Morgan Freeman, yeah. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> you know. And you know, uh, I I don't remember the whole story of how he even got the role, but even the way he got the role, it wasn't like they thought he was a big deal, you know. It wasn't like they were like, oh, Morgan Freeman is that guy. Let's put us him in this role, and he's just going to be great, you know. But at 50 years old, he got that opportunity and he just took advantage of it. And it was something that he had prepared for his entire life. And just reading that, it really put a lot of things for into perspective for me that when it's your time, it's your time. And all you can do is work towards your goals, be the best human being that you could possibly be. And don't let anybody tell you that, you know, there's something you want to do that you can't accomplish. But what age are you going to be when it happens? You know, what is going to be that breakout time? Nobody has any control of that. Nobody can predict that. You know, 
if you had put your focus in other areas and decided to do other things, maybe it would have worked out great for you. Or maybe your life would be absolutely shit right now. <laughs> like at the end of the day, you got two kids, you got a wife that loves you. It through a pandemic, you're still employed, you're still able to bring money into your house. Like you got a lot of things going for you, brother. And so the the focus has to be just on building on that and keeping it going. Turning 41 is a wonderful thing. It means you're a veteran of life. We spent the past few weeks hearing all about these people that have been gunned down and yeah. their life is over. They're, they're, there's nothing. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. You're, you st- you're still alive. There's still hope. There's still opportunity. So it's a beautiful thing, brother. I'm not hopeless. It's just, you know, the age is catching up. I always wonder why do some people, they, they get to a certain point. And, and it takes them till 50 to get it, or it takes them to 30, or it takes them to 20, or they get it right away. And I always wonder, you know, and, you know, you got some people who got privilege. I mean, let's be real, right? We got some people who, you know, they, they, they got support and privilege up the wazoo, and they can throw money at a situation and get the kind of fame and, and what they want, right? But then you've got people who are, who are like me and you, like Morgan Freeman was, you know, like like a whole lot of people, like Samuel Jackson was, you know, like a lot of people who, you know, I look at it in terms of the, the, the universe wants its cut. You know what I mean? The universe wants payment in order for you to, it might not necessarily want money, you know, like in, for, the, for the people who are privileged enough to have money, well, their payment is money. You know, they pay for that fame. Now, they might get more money once they make that payment. They get famous and they make even more money. But they had a lot of investment to get to that point. And I think of us, right, and us and what we're doing, right, you know, there's always going to be some dues you got to pay to the universe. I don't care about dues to the industry, dues to the to certain people. There's dues to the universe you got to pay. If you want something out of you, whatever you want from the universe, you got to be willing. You got to be willing to give that much effort or that much resources back to the universe for it, right? That's how I feel about it. I feel that the world goes around in karma just like that. So if you want something, you got to be willing to risk it all. You want it all, you got to be willing to risk it all. But if you're not willing to risk a certain amount to get what you want, then I just don't think people are going to get it. You know, I think of it in terms of that. We got to pay the universe universe wants its due and it's not gonna it's not gonna let you get away with it and you pay the universe one way or another either you pay them up front or you pay them on the back end and when you and paying them on the back end is a lot worse but it's a lot easier too when you don't put up what you need to do to get successful you you end up paying by not being successful you got all these bills piling up you you got all these you got all these poor people issues that we all have, right? You got all these things that, so you pay for it one way or another. Like I say, like I, I have my moments and stuff, but I, I, I refuse to quit. I don't, I don't, if I give up, I give up on too much. I give up on too much that I, I feel honored that I've been blessed with at this point. Like I've received so much that, you know, I, it would be disrespectful to just give up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Folks mm-hmm. ask me all the time, like, with stuff that seems like it can't get done. Like, I, I try my best to comfort my wife when things are looking iffy. And I'm like, look, we 
ain't no point in sitting here and just getting upset about it. You got to keep pushing. Right. So right. I just keep pushing. That's all I can do. If I keep pushing and if I put in the effort and if I put in what I want and if it's something that I really want, then I'll put in the effort for it and make it happen. This this is one of those things. Can't fail if you don't try. Exactly. Exactly. So. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Jason. And now I want to move on to our next topic. But before we do, let me give our listeners a reminder that we definitely want to hear any feedback you have um, regarding the things we've talked about beforehand and this main topic coming up. So if you want to reach us, you can join our Facebook group at SJH Podcast Family. Or you can email us at info at sjhmancave.com. And with that, let's move on to our main topic, which is standing versus kneeling. So recently, we've seen multiple examples of entire teams kneeling during the national anthem. But there have also been multiple examples of one or two people on the team who decide to stand for whatever reason. We wanted to dive into this topic and see is it disrespectful for some people to stand or should we see these people as supporting in their own way? The first question I want to ask is what does kneeling mean? And by contrast, what does standing mean? What do you think both groups are trying to convey? If, if we start off with what Kaepernick was doing, when he first started, he, he started off by sitting until he had the conversation with the Marine who basically told him, you know, hey, I understand what you're protesting against. I understand what your concerns are. Hey, instead of the sitting that's kind of disrespectful, uh, let's go ahead and take a knee. Now, standing in in the midst of everyone else kneeling, I, I kind of feel like you have the right to protest the way you feel. Uh, standing, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it has a necessary definition to it, or at least I haven't discovered one that is standing. Like if we're using an example. Uh, I can't remember Buddy's name from the Magic, which is where I kind of had the concern from with a young brother. Jonathan decided, Isaac. Jonathan Isaac. He decided mm-hmm. that he wasn't going to wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. He decided that he wasn't going to take a knee with his teammates. And he did it for his personal reasons. In regards to that, I kind of feel like if you got your own personal reasons, what the hell are you explaining it to anybody for? In the process of him doing that, you know, he got a lot of he got a lot of feedback. Well, he got a lot of pushback from it because everybody felt like if you're gonna protest, then you got to take the knee. Like, is taking the knee the protest at this point? This this young brother, you know, he decided he was gonna stand, and then he ended up getting hurt, and then it was this backlash. Of, oh, that's what you get. Oh, that's karma. That's the universe coming at you. I don't. Does does he really deserve that because he didn't do what everybody else was doing and how they protest? Like, does he not have enough room to do it how he feels comfortable in doing it? He he just can't do it the comfortable way because we got to protest all together. But see, that's the problem that I have. Most of these people who I see that are standing, they'll say, well, I support the Black Lives Matter movement. I just feel like kneeling is the wrong way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Or I feel like wearing this Black Lives Matter shirt is the wrong way to go about it. There's never a follow-up from these people to say, well, this is what I'm doing instead. Mm -hmm. All right. They just say, well, hey, I don't want to stand. But but hey, don't cancel me, y'all, because I do support you. But I just don't want to stand. 
when in fact to me what you're really communicating is you don't really care about the issue at all and I would put Jonathan Isaac basically in that same category. He basically said that Jesus told him not to st- not to kneel, that because he's a Christian, he didn't feel comfortable with kneeling over these issues. Basically said he felt like kneeling was the wrong way to deal with these issues, address these issues, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's fine if you then follow up and say, here's what I'm doing instead to address these issues, fight injustice, things of that nature. Those conversations never happen. Instead, it's just, I'm not going to kneel and I'm not doing anything. And to me, frankly, if that's the stance, that's cool, but then you deserve the blowback that you're getting and you shouldn't have any complaints about it. I was just about to say that too. Like, and in that same right, if you're just not protesting, then just say that. They, they, I don't understand. Exactly. That, that, that's the thing that I feel like that that's the kind of the downfall for most of these folks is they got to come up with some kind of excuse to stay in the fold. I rather right. I'm not I'm not on under that. I'm I'm here to play ball. Right. Like <laughs> you know in the what picture in the picture that Hudson posted in the Facebook group, you had the guy standing while the other two are kneeling. Mm-hmm. When he's asked, "Well, why aren't you kneeling?" He says it's because I have family in the military, mm-hmm. but hey, I do support the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, which one is it? Do you believe that kneeling is disrespectful to the military and therefore disrespectful to your family? And therefore what these black men are doing because of police brutality and injustice against black people is in effect disrespectful to the basis of this country? Or do you feel like they're doing the right thing and this is a good thing for the country? Like to me, that's that those are contradictory statements, but people want to pretend that it all flows together and that, hey, it should just be kumbaya and we all just hold hands. And if you want to kneel, that's great. If you want to stand, that's great. It's really all the same. No, it's not. It's really not. And I feel like the people are trying to say that if you criticize someone who says they're standing because of the military, that that somehow that's cancel culture or you're being insensitive, I feel like they don't want to deal with the realities of this protest because the fact of the matter is Kaepernick started kneeling in 2016. It was made abundantly clear that it was not disrespectful to the flag or the military. And then a whole host of people, the vast majority of them, racist and white supremacists who didn't give a damn about police brutality, tried to tie it in with the flag and the military to make people feel uncomfortable about kneeling. If you're going to say you need to stand because you support the military, you are reinforcing those white supremacist ideals that Fox News has been trying to push into everybody's mind. No, he's not saying directly trying to disrespect the flag, but he is stating that I'm not going to show pride in it. (laughs) So I feel like when we talk about disrespecting the flag, we're getting into semantics. And I feel like we're also not really doing the, the, the protest justice, because here's the thing, a protest is meant to be uncomfortable. So the whole point of kneeling to the flag was to get uncomfortable was that and he knew directly by saying that he wasn't going to show pride in the flag that that meant that he knew a lot of people were going to get emotional and get offended and they were going to feel like it was a disrespect to the flag there's no reason to even to even do it if it's not disrespectful how many nice protests 
are there out there that are effective. Whereas I'm being respectful to everybody. You know, the, the whole point of it is, hey, I want you to be uncomfortable. I want you to see me. I want you to see me protesting. And how? It's because I want you to get emotional about this. And you're going to get emotional because you feel like I'm Uncomfortable and disrespectful is flat. not the same thing. The bus boycotts during the civil rights movement were very effective, got a huge amount of attention. It was not revolving around disrespect. Kaepernick realized, hey, all of my enemies are basically saying that me sitting on this bench is about the flag and the military, and therefore nobody should stand with this, and that it's not about police brutality. Then he spoke with that military serviceman and said, how do I change my protest in a way where it is not seen as disrespectful towards the flag and our military, but yet at the same time, I could do something that makes it absolutely clear, I believe police brutality is a huge problem in this country. That serviceman said, kneel instead of instead of sitting, and then that's not disrespectful towards the military or the flag. What the Green Beret was was telling them was it, it it's more respectful to the military if you kneel instead of so he used the terms the term that I heard used was more respectful. So that doesn't necessarily mean respectful. It means you're not as disrespectful in a way. Uh, see what I what I'm saying yeah. is that Kaepernick, in order for a pro for there to be a protest, there has to be opposition. He didn't necessarily want to offend the military, but he knew that there was going to be military personnel that were offended. He knew that was going to happen. And and when you say disrespect, yeah. we all have to remember disrespect is relative. We are not mm -hmm. the authority on what's disrespectful and what isn't. So we, no one can say 100% this is or this isn't disrespectful. Because if we go look at the Constitution, according to the Constitution, we've all probably been disrespectful to that flag. In my mind, we shouldn't even be concentrating on standing and kneeling as much as now. What do we do? The attention is here. Now, what do we do? Because I would say on the other side of it, there's a ton of people who are kneeling right now who aren't doing anything. They're kneeling <laughs> and putting on a shirt. And, 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 and we just saw, and I know we all three of us probably just saw a video of the Aurora Police Department who just, who just put a family, oh, a whole black gosh. family on their, on their bellies. Okay. And, and so, so they were all kids. Pretty much. Man. And so, so everybody in that car was a kid. Like the oldest was 17. So I, I think I think when we keep trying to go after whether you're standing or kneeling, I think we're doing exactly what everyone wants us to do right now. And that's not concentrate on, on the point at hand. In my mind, you can stand and still support Black Lives Matter. I still think you can do that. I understand that is the measured approach. Um, but for me, since the first time he kicked this whole thing off, I was like, wow, this is powerful. Why aren't more brothers doing it? And I remember how just angry I felt looking at all these other black NFL players who refused to have anything to do with them and refused to participate in this movement at all. I look at how long it took to get to this point where, as, as far as I'm concerned, Kaepernick has won the war. The country has, for the most part, decided that these protests are not disrespectful to the military. To still see these people who none of them have particularly strong records of standing up for the black community, 
right? I understand you say that just because you stand doesn't mean you don't care. But how many of these people who stand actually have a record of caring? I can think of one, Drew Brees. That's about it. The rest of them is just about nothing. And some of them actually have records where even before in high school and earlier before they actually became into pro sports, they have very racist tweets, <laughs> uh, controversial pictures that kind of let you know where they stand. So to me, it's hard to give them the benefit of the doubt. I feel like it actually makes much more sense to err on the other side where if they're standing, and especially if they say they're standing because of the military, they aren't with this cause at all. They don't really believe in standing up for issues impacting the black community. I've gotten tired of the issue and whatnot because it's always a conversation about is it disrespectful to the damn military or flag? I just said fuck America on many a different damn occasions and shit, but I, I still live here. I got to pay the fucking taxes. So why the hell can't I say what the fuck I feel? So... I mean, just just the fact that the whole thing was turned into this, well, if he's kneeling, it's because he's disrespecting the military, blah, blah. It, it feels like you fed right on into the narrative and whatnot, because now all you're doing is talking about, well, why ain't he kneeling? If you protest the shit, protest the shit. If you, don't, if you ain't with black people getting fucked with, I could give a fuck if you were sitting down, standing on your fucking head, doing a cartwheel. I could give a fuck. Who cares if you're kneeling? Why, why is kneeling the protest? Why is sitting down on one fucking knee wearing a goddamn T-shirt the end all to be all? And then when somebody doesn't do it, we sit here and we talk shit about them. We wish hateful shit on these fucking people. Even though they sit there and they say, hey, I understand. And the whole point of this thing was to say, you know, we, were looking, we were looking for people to recognize black people's plight, correct? The whole point was to bring attention to a situation and whatnot that was going on. And when a motherfucker stands up and he says, I understand and I feel the situation and this is how I'm going to do things. And his own fucking teammates roll with him on it. We re- we going to piss on him and shit. Fuck you. You're not kneeling. Man say, hey, I support. Why, why ain't that good enough? Kneeling is the movement. This is the first time in our history where we are seeing on a regular basis when police officers are murdering us, brutalizing us, or, or doing things that are clearly unlawful in our communities, they are being held accountable. And that is because of Black Lives Matter movement, Kaepernick kneeling, and George Floyd's murder. So when you're saying that you won't be a part of Black Lives Matter or kneeling, especially as a white person who has no history whatsoever of standing up for the black community, these people never, never follow up with, here's what I'm doing instead. They just put a hand on a black man's shoulder and say, hey, this shows that I support y'all. But honestly, I feel like y'all's uh, movement is disrespectful to the military. So you ain't going to catch me kneeling. But, you know, black power, y'all. Nah, I'm not feeling it. And I agree that at this point, the focus should not be the kneeling. The focus should be on what are we actually going to do? How are we going to improve our communities? But that doesn't mean that when I look at these people getting backlash, that I should feel sorry for them. No, nah, at the end of the day, really what it is, y'all ain't with it. And y'all deserve the way you're getting talked about, period. I talked to Antoine. So Antoine Span does a uh, beer and chicken podcast. It's called the Beer and Chicken Podcast. He said on there, you know, I wonder if all these people now feel comfortable with kneeling because there's nobody in the stands. They don't have that instant mm. feedback. 
from the audience. You know, when the when popular culture changed and said it was okay to kneel, that's when all these people kneeled. And when all the fans were taken out of stance, I can't sit here and say that their kneeling is is better than this person's standard. <laughs> to me, a lot of these people are jumping on a bandwagon. That's what they're doing. And and I appreciate that. But, but that's fine. That's fine because it's still about momentum. It's still about how many people are really involved in this. So even if all those people who are so, kneeling, they don't actually do anything, at the end of the day, it makes it look like change is occurring. Move to the change and forget the kneeling or standing at this point because there's a lot more people kneeling than there are standing on these sports teams. Stop Why is it my responsibility to give these people who don't feel like they have to participate a pass? Like, I don't understand that. Why are you also adamant that, hey, we should make sure that these people who don't want to outwardly do anything to support the movement? Why are you so invested in making sure that they can do so without any criticism? Why should that be important to us? Because in any protest, what gives the protest legs is the opposition. If no one opposes your protest, you have no protest. My girl had a perfect example. She went downtown and she came across, there was like when the football first started one season and there were about five or six different types of protests going on downtown. And she finally came up to the last protest. She was already annoyed. And and she saw the people with the signs. It was about 10 of them. And she saw them with these signs. And the sign said it had a circle on it, and it had rape in the circle, and it had a slash through rape. So the signs basically said, we don't like rape. And she sat there and she said, what are, I'm sorry, I got to ask, are, are there people standing around with pro-rape signs? Are there are there people opposed to this? <laughs> I mean, what what, what that, is this a thing? Is this? I mean, obviously there are people in our in our you know society who rape individuals. But you know, she was like, are there people openly just standing here going, no, we want rape, we want rape, you know? And 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 for that matter, no one took this group seriously. You have no protest if you have no opposition. So don't worry about any opposition that there is. Just move forward. If one sits and he says, hey, I'm with you, but I'm not kneeling, is that a real big deal? Dismiss what you're there for and then start to chastise the people and whatnot who aren't doing what you're doing. He said he with us. He out here with us. He's standing in front of the police station with us. He said he with us. But he's standing up. No, That's the no, problem. don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't use that example because none of these players, none of these white players who are standing at these games, have then been seen out in the protest at the police stations. That then dog don't hunt. Then what we worried that about That dog don't hunt. Then what we worried That's about him for? Whole... I haven't seen most of the black <laughs> players doing it. What you talking about? There's been a whole lot of black NBA players that have been involved in the protest. That's not true, bro. Now. Most, most. Now. I'm sure there's been some on the front lines. I said most. My belief is is that you can you can kneel and still love your country, just like I think you can stand and still believe in the cause. So if he specifically says that he's standing because he believes the protests are going against the military and he doesn't want to be a part being disrespectful towards the military, you believe that this man still sees the protests as something good and something that he is willing to help? How do you make that correlation? We can't say what somebody considers disrespectful. Just because Kaepernick didn't mean to disrespect the military doesn't mean that somebody doesn't take it as disrespect to the military. So, you know, 
in his mind, he maybe he wants to try to help the cause in some way, but he wants to also not feel like he's disrespecting the military. Apparently, there are some military members who feel that it is disrespectful. I know what your intentions were, but fact of the matter is, is you disrespected some people. And See, that's now, how they feel. If it's me, <laughs> I'm gonna go and I'm gonna and I'm gonna ask him, okay, but you still believe in Black Lives Matter. Okay, you believed enough to wear the shirt. So hey, come to this rally with me then. If if you're down with it, come to this rally. Help us out. That's what I'm gonna say to him. Now, if he say, uh, really come to the rally, then now I then now I got something where I can say, okay, it sounds like you really aren't, you know. <laughs> Especially like we talk about this guy and his military family. If 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 he talked to somebody in his family that's in the military and they like, yeah, that shit Kaepernick did and whatnot, they kind of pissed me off. Are they wrong for feeling that way? Yes. Well, why? I hurt my wife feelings all the time, and I didn't mean to <laughs> you do didn't it. Didn't mean to do it. And I always <laughs> got to apologize. <laughs> I don't believe in the concept that because I've done something, and you're you're hurt or you feel disrespected by what I've done, mm -hmm. that automatically your right to feel disrespected. And I should just eat it that, hey, this is just the way things have to be. Like sometimes a person has a right to feel disrespected by something that has been done to them. Other times you have to correct that person and say, I know you kind of felt this way, but that's not really the way that you should have taken it. And this is why. All too often, there's no attempt to course correct and say, this is why the way you've chosen to interpret this is completely wrong. We've seen time and time again, the people who have been given this information have no desire to course correct because they don't care about police brutality. They don't care about what's going on in black communities. So stopping the movement is the point. And saying that it's disrespectful to the military is just one way to do that. If I'm kneeling and someone comes to me and says, hey, I feel like you're disrespecting the flag. Uh, I feel like you're disrespecting the disrespecting the military. Yeah, well, it's not my intention, but honestly, I, I, I think it. my I think my life is a lot more important than what you feel is disrespect. You know, and, and until this country decides that it wants to get on the right side of history, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to keep on disrespecting. And I really believe that was the, the intention behind what Kaepernick did. Like, hey, I'm willing to take the hit. I ain't mean to upset you, but hey, fuck you. I got people dying over here. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, there's not enough movement in the right direction. What we're looking at right now, is staring, we're almost staring down the barrel of a gun because they're trying to get our kids to go back to school right now in the middle of all this. Even by having the basketball players start playing, I don't care about this bubble. Do we know how many people these basketball players are in contact with? every single day, you know, yeah. and they put them in this bubble and they think this is going to do it, they're, they're just going to spread it. OBJ was absolutely right when he said, we just need to cancel this. I, I just don't know. We're not tying this in to an overall, we just don't value human life. And we're not tying it all in together mm -hmm. and saying, we, you know what, y'all just don't seem to care about any of us. <laughs> And we need to all work together and try to stop this because you just don't care. You're just putting us all at risk and don't give a damn right now. Before the NBA season, you know, there was that whole fight between LeBron James and what's his name from the Celtics. 
who were going back and forth about whether or not there should even be an NBA season. The opposition was basically saying that the NBA would be a distraction from everything that's going on right now, from the protest, and that it was the wrong time and that we should not be distracting from this movement. And of course, LeBron James felt strongly, considering COVID and the protest and everything that's going on right now, do we feel like opening up these sports leagues is a good thing? The government wants us to go back to normal because it's when it's when all those distractions were gone that this whole thing really skyrocketed and shot out. That's why they want these kids to go back to school so we can go back to work because all these idle hands that's hanging around means more protest. Whereas uh, last I checked, there were like 60 straight days of protest out in Portland. Now, I'm, I'm not saying LeBron is – I'm not going to go as far as say LeBron is an Uncle Tom because I really don't know. I really don't know. But I, I, I don't – Yeah, I don't feel that way. I don't put it above uh, beyond him to be a company man either. And, and if the company wants to do something, I picture LeBron saying, okay, team, let's go. I think it depends on who you are if it's the right move. I don't, I don't want these distractions. I want to see this movement keep going because we don't have anywhere near what we want yet. We have we have a bunch of empty promises right. and a bunch of words. Uh, beyond that, we have Jack. We have a couple. We have a couple places who actually did something with defunding the police. With all this scrutiny and with all this talk about you know defunding the police and like we're literally keeping an even closer eye on them, they're still doing this stuff. Like literally, like they are still out here shooting people. They're they're out here killing black people on a regular basis at this point. Like even 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 with them receiving just just the notion of the possibility that you might be held responsible for some of the things that you're doing with this movement pushing the way it is, they still go on about it like it's regular business. So when it comes to the NFL and everything else, and what hell. When's the next video we gonna see with, with another dude and whatnot with, with a knee in his neck at this point? Mm-hmm. It, it's coming. They continue to just do things that they really shouldn't be doing. The NFL, the NBA, them all be shut down just as quickly as possible because hell, fuck the Florida Marlins, all of them caught it. The whole team. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> The whole squad, <laughs> even yeah. the managers, like the Bat Boy, called it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't think we go. Just like I talk about the fact that the, 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 the state will be shut down soon, and the, we ain't got to worry about football. We ain't got to worry about none of that mess because we gonna all be able to pay attention to all this mess that the police are still doing. They they're mm-hmm. making themselves frontline news. They're keeping the conversation going. No, you ain't got to worry about. You ain't got to worry about the NFL. MLB will be shut down before you even know it. It's another baseball team in Florida. I'm sure it'll get the whole damn squad. <laughs> Shit, that's, you ain't got to worry about it. And, and a few more of these NFL players that went out decide to opt out. You ain't got to worry about a season. An entire baseball team catching COVID and it not called as a complete work stoppage. How is that anything other than they, greed? They canceled the game. Oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gonna cut right. this game off. Y'all going back there and get it together. (laughs) That's just them Florida guys, y'all. The rest of y'all will be good. Let's bring in them cats from Atlanta. Y'all come on. (laughs) Yeah, absolute insanity. They came out with the ratings for the recent games. And the ratings for these NBA games has plummeted. Plummeted. Who's watching? 
who really gives a damn about sports right now? I don't have cable. You know, I was one of those guys who cut cable to, you know, save on cost and whatnot. But the thing I always miss was sports. So even though I wasn't watching sports, I was like, man, I wish I could watch this game while I was at home. I'm not thinking about sports at all. An article just so happened to come up about some guy hit a buzzer beater. I didn't even click on the video. I'm like, I don't care at all. Apparently, the NHL's been playing. They in the playoffs. When that happened, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just saw that yesterday. Like, like it was some t- Vancouver versus the Minnesota Wild game two. I was like, game two. <laughs> when the first game get played. Apparently they played the first game the same day. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Ain't nobody watching. What are you talking about? Exactly. Ain't nobody going to the game. Ain't nobody watching, dude. They, come on. <laughs> oh, wow. Right now, all they're trying to do is really give an excuse on why they paying them at the end of the right. day. Right. Y'all, right. y'all at least got to play a couple games for if I got to give you these couple million and whatnot beforehand. The country is pretty much united, and yeah, we don't care about sports right now. And let me tell you, these people's unemployment check is getting cut Man. with no sign of a meeting between the the House and Senate to get this taken care of and get this back on track. It ain't going to make things no better. There's just so much more looming on top of this that, that we're just, mm-hmm. even them there trying to play this game and kneeling there is is just an enigma because they shouldn't even be there. <laughs> they, they shouldn't even be playing, right? <laughs> Why are you even there, right? There's this pandemic going on, and we decided that it is important that we get these players on that court, you know. And, and so just right. just to even just like the whole thing is just crazy. We're about to look at watch a bunch of Americans. And some some said as many as thirty million get evicted and put out on the streets in the middle of this whole thing, you know. And and we can't get them to come in mm-hmm. and make a decision on. We got to have a whole stoppage to these checks because they can't get it together. And, Went on recess, you know. And this is just absolutely insane, you know. The stuff that we as Americans take. And the fact that there's there's millions and millions and millions of Americans who will make excuses for our government and and say, well, it was those liberals who didn't who didn't do anything. Oh, it was those it was those conservatives who didn't do anything. None of them did anything. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's sad. And hopefully (laughs) sometime soon we will see a light at the end of the tunnel. All right. I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SJH Man Cave. We appreciate you spending time with us today. I'd like to give a special thanks to BGABS for providing a healthy, quality vegan menu. Let's support our black businesses, y'all. Once again, if you are a black business owner and would like to get featured as our business of the week, please make sure to send an email to info at sjhmancave.com. Any of our listeners can get a hold of us there as well. Remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We are also on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. 
Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off. Peace.